0: Hello and welcome back to the Power Switch, gaming's call-in talk radio show. My name is Peter Spasia, and today is April 21st, 2018. This is the 40th episode of the podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We use Discord as a means to add and drop callers to talk about video games and switch the power that is found in a typical gaming podcast. You can join our server to participate during recordings at rhymeswithasia.com slash call. On today's episode, the biggest headlines of the last several months in our Headline Roundup. Our main topic is early Nintendo E3 2018 predictions, and then we will get to your calls if you're tuning in live on Discord. We are back from our show's hiatus, and I've missed the concept a lot. I wanted to try to do a couple of other different podcasts. Didn't work out for a variety of reasons. Uh, I really missed doing this, though. Just kind of talking in a free form style, like I had for a while. The other show I tried was called Games in Time, and I got to be, you know, scripting. And yeah, it was really brief, and you know, the brevity is nice, I think, in terms of gaming podcasts and all. But I do miss the social interaction like this. I miss the talking off the top of my head, like I, I did for years. And so we're doing this again, back at it. I just have to be stubborn and keep my head down and not get. You know, distraught by, uh, why isn't the show growing more? I think it's it's a concept that has a lot of merit. The idea of something like a sports call-in radio show, but about games. And, you know, doing it at least weekly, you know, thinking on Saturdays like this, uh, we may have to adjust the time a little bit on, on certain things. I know next week I have to maybe bump this up a couple hours for other plans. But then during the week, if significant things happen, you know, there's the possibility at 6 p.m. Eastern time that day, we may have a show. So you got to check our Discord, rhymeswithasia.com slash call. Uh, that's where we'll be not only recording these live with people who are engaged and active, uh, but also you're just really interested in, in what we're doing. Uh, So let's get back into it with a headline roundup. All right, so this week, several stories that you can call in and talk about if you like. The big one, Call of Duty Black Ops 4 it may end up skipping its single-player campaign in lieu of a Battle Royale mode. Not surprising to think that Call of Duty may have a Battle Royale mode, like many other games might at this year's E3, but skipping the single-player campaign for the first time in a while. Of course, they do have the big Call of Duty Black Ops 4 reveal coming up on May 17th, Uh, but this is Polygon, Eurogamer, other sources saying, yeah, we've, and even Charlie Intel, which is like the big uh, Call of Duty fan community saying that we've been hearing these things too and so i do wonder how that will develop like if the battle royale mode comes out and it's a triple a you know polished experience as opposed to player unknowns battlegrounds as opposed to fortnite which are still the early access we're still working on building it up to that polish um you know it's going to be interesting to see there are rumors that call of duty might not hit 100 players would that be perceived as a bad thing so just something to keep an eye out that was a big story this week Also, Castlevania has a new game, it's called Grimoire of Souls, announced for iOS and Japan only. So, of course, Konami can't do the right thing, they gotta put it on mobile and mess it up somehow, but got some hopes up for uh, some Castlevania fans and just kinda dispersed them there a bit. Sega also had a press conference where they announced the Sega Mega Drive Mini for Japan. Assuredly, that's gonna come stateside eventually as the Genesis Mini. And, you know, I'm sure Europe 2 is the Mega Drive Mini, but uh, just saying that that's going to be a thing. And then also Shenmue 1 and 2 remasters supposedly had been in the works before the Shenmue 3 announcement. So they've been working on that one for a while. Uh, it's It doesn't seem to be a fully, you know, built from the ground up sort of thing, but just polished widescreen, different control setups, English and Japanese voices. So different options there, uh, but it'll be good to see that come out eventually this year apparently. And then Xbox Live Gold games from May 2018 were just announced today, this morning. Odd for a Saturday, but there they are. Super Mega Baseball 2 is throughout the month of May on Xbox One. That game comes out on May 1st, uh, You know, even for PS4 and PC. So interesting that Xbox One say, hey, launch for free uh, throughout, throughout the month of May for Xbox Live Gold. Metal Gear Solid 5: The Phantom Pain uh, joins a couple months behind Sony on that one. That'll be May 16th through June 15th on Xbox One. The Xbox 360 games, you have Sega Vintage Collection Streets of Rage for the first half of May, and then Vanquish the Platinum action shooter through the second half of May on Xbox 360. If you want to talk about different headlines that have happened throughout the game industry since, you know, we've been off for about seven, eight months. I mean, there have been big things. I mean, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild definitely cleaned up at the, you know, all of the Game of the Year awards really. But, you know, definitely the Game Awards, Jeff Keighley's uh, big stint there that really took home the big award. Their Microsoft first party games have been announced that they are gonna be coming day one to those subscribing to the Xbox Game Pass service. So, you know, when they were talking about games this year, that was, you know, Sea of Thieves, it's gonna be State of Decay 2, Crackdown 3. Uh, sea of Thieves, it seemed to do pretty well for them. Uh, you know, they didn't wanna talk about all the stats that were only playing them through Xbox Game Pass, but seemed to do well. Otherwise it was, you know, Most successful, new IP, first party, all that stuff for this generation for Xbox, so. That's a, a success, I would say. Nintendo Switch continued to be a roaring success in its first year, passing Wii U lifetime sales. I want to say it was within 10 or 11 months. Uh, it's doing very, very well, and they just really need to continue. We'll get to talking about Nintendo very soon. PlayStation VR got a price cut down to 299. I'd say if you're looking to get into it now, look for the Doom VFR or the Skyrim VR uh, packs. yet yeah, you could get the Gran Turismo bundle. Uh, and that's, you know, for 199 probably, but you're getting the very first SKU that was released. Uh, you know, this new one has the embedded audio, it has the HDR pass-through, so the, the Doom and Skyrim ones do have that updated model. Of course, you know, it's not updated performance, resolution, tech, all that. It's just, you know, refined improvements there. I would imagine that a new, you know, PlayStation VR 2 would come with PlayStation 5, whenever that rolls around. But if you're looking to get into it now, you know, you could sometimes even find some good deals on those higher end bundles there. And of course, the big one for, for me and my personal podcasting history, Super Smash Brothers for Nintendo Switch has been revealed. Not only that, but a pre-E3 2018 tournament where and it'd be an invitational where they get pros, they get celebrities coming in to play the game for the first time. Uh, it will be really interesting to see what happens with showing any new information about Smash before then? Do they have a Smash Direct to say, well, here are some characters, here are some stages, or are we just gonna say, these competitors are going to learn about the game, and so will you on the fly. Uh, It's gonna be really interesting to see when that happens, regardless of whether it's gonna be the Monday or Tuesday of E3 2018. Let's talk about E3 2018, though, when it comes to Nintendo. Uh, For those Power Switch or Show Me Your News veterans, Every E3 that I'm doing a show like this, I'd like to try to at least put together 50 yes or no questions generally for a contest, which, yes, I would like to do that again this year. Uh, I have pulled together 50 questions as of right now, uh, but, you know, late May will be when we start the contest, and of course, things may change in the video game industry until then, so uh, I will be refining you know, as the news changes to have the ideal set of 50 questions. Because the idea there is we want to go into E3 kind of with a sense of what could be announced. What are the kind of the thinking and the talking points going into it as the hype builds? And I'd kind of like to explore that with Nintendo today as we get back into the gaming call-and-talk radio show format because a lot of people like to talk about Nintendo in our community at the moment. So I'd like to break down what I have currently as the draft of 10 questions at the moment for Nintendo. And these aren't me saying like, yes, this will definitely happen. This will happen. It's it's a yes or no question. It'll be, will this happen? Yes or no? So let's break those down. And then after that, we can have you guys call in and maybe discuss those or anything else that you'd like to talk about. So number one, let's start with Super Smash Brothers for Nintendo Switch. It'd be easy to say, let's talk about a title or anything like that, right? But we'll go with this question. Will more than two newcomers be revealed for Super Smash Brothers? Of course, with the reveal trailer, we had the the reveal of Inklings. Uh, you know, you could say the, the boy and girl, that's two already and it's, it's probably gonna be one character, just different costumes. Uh, but yeah, two, more than two, only one. Definitely some possibilities there of what we will see. And we're not talking, oh, they're bringing ice climbers back or somehow Wolf is making a return. Those aren't newcomers. We want, you know, characters who have never been a playable character in Super Smash Brothers before. A lot of possibilities for those kind of characters, I'm sure, but will that be revealed? And hey, if this game is coming out in 2018, who knows? Number two, will Retro Studios reveal a new IP for Switch. Of course, Retro Studios, the Texas-based developer, their last game was Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze in February 2014. So they've had a long time to, to be working on a game. And so for predictions over the last several years, like, will we see Retro? Will we see Retro? I think it's now time to see what Retro's doing. I would hope. So if they show something, will it be a new IP? Or are they going back to the Donkey Kong Country well? Or somehow Metroid on top of Metroid Prime 4? So that's a possible thought or question there. Number three, will a Mario Maker, Animal Crossing, or a Pikmin game be revealed for Switch? So for these kind of questions, it only takes one. And it's not necessarily saying it's, is it gonna be a port or whatever? Any kind of game in that franchise, Mario Maker, Animal Crossing, Pikmin. Now, of course, all of these do have a chance. I mean, for Pikmin, Miyamoto's talked about a Pikmin 4 for quite some time. Animal Crossing, there's the idea that after the mobile game, they should have a Switch game to kind of communicate. And then you take this standard, normal Animal Crossing game on the go with you, it would make perfect sense. And then Mario Maker, there's the thought that a port would be a little too complicated. Can you bring over all of those courses that people have made? The thought would be that possibly a sequel is in the works. So do one of those things happen? Yes or no? Number four, will two of the following three Switch games receive an official title? Pokemon, Fire Emblem, Yoshi. Yoshi, of course, the Woolly World yarn Yoshi kind of look like game. Fire Emblem from Switch, I mean, they're saying it should have been this year, but we haven't seen much more about it, you know, despite the rumors of The Last Direct and Elegy of the Brave or whatever uh, that they thought it would be called. And then Pokemon, I mean, personally, I think Pokemon slips to next year. When you when you have Smash this year, you don't need Pokemon on top of it. Pokemon, take its time, you know, you can wait there, but they could still come out and say, hey, this is what Pokemon's gonna be. I mean, what Game Freak just had a, a trademark where uh, they trademarked Ultra Shiny. And now it's not necessarily, you know, is that a special form of a shiny Pokemon or is it gonna be Ultra Shiny Sun or Ultra Shiny Moon for Switch? It, Hard to say that's all part of the speculation but two of the three would they receive an official title pokemon fire emblem or yoshi number five will a metroid prime 4 trailer be shown during the spotlight this is assuming first of all that they'll have a direct spotlight whatever they want to call it it's something that has to be refined of course because nintendo and sony are the two last companies to reveal their e3 plans it seems to be you know very early this year i mean Microsoft and EA and Bethesda and Ubisoft have kind of gone on saying, yep, we're kind of doing our normal times or resetting this time. Uh, Yeah, Nintendo, Sony still have yet to get on that. But seeing a trailer for Metroid Prime, you know, of course, more than just a logo uh, during the spotlight would be interesting and possible. But will it happen? Number six, will the ability to download GameCube games via the eShop be announced? One of the most interesting things I think we have to hear about this E3 is, what is the deal with the paid online service that if it's hitting in September, will be 18 months behind the Nintendo Switch launch? I mean, you could say, does it time up with Super Smash Brothers? Is that the big game that they're gonna launch it with? But what about the Virtual Console? Is it going to be called Virtual Console? They floated some plans back out probably about a year or so ago. Have those changed? And most importantly for this question, does the rumored GameCube game edition be included? Now this is just announcing it. It's not saying, you know, right after the show it'll be available, but are plans in place for GameCube to exist on a virtual console kind of replacement? Number seven, will a new game for 3DS be revealed during the spotlight? So of course this goes without saying that Nintendo 3DS is on its way out. Long live the Switch! We saw some new 3DS games in their last Nintendo Direct, but are they saving anything for E3 here? Um, you know, whether it's a Zelda remake or anything like that, is that coming to 3DS? Like, it's it's hard to say. Um, yeah, the real question is: Is it Switch only, or do they throw in a 3DS announcement in there? Number eight: Will two of the following four third-party games receive Switch ports? Overwatch, Fortnite, Grand Theft Auto V, or Dragon Ball Fighters? So here's an interesting one. Two out of the four. I don't think I've ever set up a question like that. But of course, everyone is doing port begging for Switch. And so if you ask me which are the two most likely out of those, I would say Fortnite and Dragon Ball Fighters would be the two most likely. Uh, you could say, does Blizzard throw in an Overwatch? You know, depending on online connection, everything. There's the talk of, do you throw in Grand Theft Auto 5 for its online mode and all that? And after L.A. Noir, you know, a Rockstar game, supposedly did pretty well on Switch. Do they throw in GTA 5 on there? I don't know. So two out of the four ports, does it happen? Number nine, will a Nintendo mobile game be mentioned during the spotlight? Again, it kind of goes the same way as, you know, 3DS. Does mobile get mentioned? Uh, Whether it's a Zelda game, another Mario game, you know, any other Nintendo property on those mobile phones. I'd I'd like to see Switch only, but you never know. And number 10, will Mother 3 be announced for Switch? I think it's all dependent on the virtual console plans, right? it's, It's the longest kept secret that they're holding a localization, waiting for the right time. And you know, if they're gonna launch a new service, may as well, but you never know. So those are the early Nintendo E3 2018 predictions as they stand right now. I mean, I'll say that the ones I have for Sony, when I was writing it up, I had, you know, will Spider-Man get an official solid specific release date? And then that changed. So anything can happen in the month leading up to our announcement of our contest, where if you score the best, you get to be a guest on this podcast. Uh, So these are certainly not final, but these are kind of the early thoughts we have. So two newcomers for Smash Brothers, Retro Studios reveal a new IP, Uh, a game reveal for Switch, Mario Maker, Animal Crossing or Pikmin, two of the three games receiving an official title, Pokemon Fire Emblem Yoshi, Metroid Prime 4 trailer, GameCube games via eShop, a new game for 3DS, uh, Switch ports, Overwatch, Fortnite, GTA 5, Dragon Ball Fighters, a Nintendo mobile game, Mother 3 on Switch. All yes or no. These are kind of the thoughts I have going into a prospective Nintendo E3 spotlight of what could or could not happen all certainly possibilities, but that's what I have to say, when we come back, we will get to the callers. You can talk about that main topic, headlines from the past week or beyond, games you're playing recently, anything is on the table, that's all when we come back, here on the Power Switch. Welcome back to the Power Switch. Well, I gotta say, it's good to be talking to people again. I really missed this. And to be honest, I'm mostly just glad that people have tuned in for coming back here because, man, if I said, like, oh, yeah, we're coming back and then we don't have anybody that's, you know, the whole point of the show with handing it over to you, uh, that would kind of be a bummer on the first one back. But no, we've got people lined up, ready to call in and super excited for it. So let's get into it. Joining us from Alaska, DQP, welcome back to the Power Switch. How are you?
1: Uh, what? Huh? Is that a podcast? What?
0: <sighs> it's been uh, several, several months. It's been,
1: it's been so long.
0: <laughs> I know, man. Well, I, I, welcome I, I, back.
1: I feel like I've woken up from a coma.
0: <laughs> you and me both. Well, it's it's good to have you. What would you like to talk about today?
1: I, I kind of came into this kind of pitch list. I didn't really know what I was going to talk about aside from just general E3 stuff, probably, but you brought up the interesting question of Nintendo and third parties, Mm -hmm. because I feel like Nintendo is at a point where third parties finally want to talk with them and put games on their system and all that because, let me put it this way, Um, while you were recording the previous parts of this episode, I was playing Pac-Man Championship Edition 2.
0: Oh, nice. That's got to be real fun on the Switch.
1: Yeah, it's perfect for the platform. And this is an example of a game that I actually bought twice. Like I bought it for Steam when it first came out and I don't remember if they announced the Switch shortly after that or shortly before that. But cuz it was like late 2016-ish when that game came out. But I remember thinking, "Man, I would th- this would be a great candidate for a Switch game." And lo and behold, like, earlier this month, I decided to plop down 20 more bucks on it, and <laughs> it's a great fit. Like, I, it's a perfect, oh, I've got five minutes to burn, may as well attempt Dungeon one more time. It's really good, and I can think of, like, tons of other games that would not appeal to me if I were to play them on PC or PS4 or whatever. That would be perfect as Switch games. I, I feel like a good starting point for that conversation would be grand theft auto five because you brought it up earlier i think that they're in a good position to release it and i think that single player wise anyway it would be a great way to kill some time on the go
0: for sure for sure and yeah it it takes a a lot of loading it takes a lot of storage space and the big install but mm -hmm. i mean if they could pull it off with la noir what's to say they couldn't do it with gta 5.
1: Right, and it wouldn't even be that difficult to port it over to the Switch because it was a last-gen title to begin with. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm optimistic about Nintendo, Nintendo's relationship with third parties now, but I'm also a little bit skeptical because the Switch is structurally and fundamentally a very different kind of system from the other consoles and uh, PC architecture like, the port of Doom 2016 was a friggin' miracle.
0: Yeah, can like, you go and
1: actually go and research it? Like, it is it is a wonder that they were able to cram that game onto the Switch. And I was actually kind of worried when they announced uh, Wolfenstein 2 for it, and I'm just like, how how are they going to do that? I think the game had some performance issues at launch, and I was wondering while that was going down, it's like, how the hell are they going to pull this off on the Switch of all platforms? But, you know, they, if, if they can do Doom... They can do anything
0: else, right? That but... was definitely the most surprising thing of that Nintendo Direct was, you know, the the Bethesda offerings, and you, I even think you know went to PAX East. I didn't get the chance to try Wolfenstein Two hands on there, but those that did said that like, yeah, on handheld that game is struggling a little bit. Like it runs fine when you dock the Switch and uh, it works well there, but they have some more work to do before uh, it launches on Switch for Wolfenstein Two there. But you're absolutely right, and. It definitely just goes back to the whole third-party thing. You know, early in the Switch's life cycle, and it was taking off originally as a success, we were still thinking, well, sure, the Japanese third parties, like, they'll, you know, flock to it. It makes a lot of sense there, but it's going to take some time for the Western third parties. And, you know, we saw once Bethesda came around, um, you know, Rockstar, definitely, you know, that's that's a good sign. We still have to see... Full EA support coming around back to it, but I wonder if we'll see that this E3. Uh, it's, it's just cool. the prolific success that we're seeing that you're right. You mentioned at the top, uh, you know, it, that's what is causing them to come back around to it.
1: I think it's not so much, well, maybe it is a matter of Japanese third parties versus American or Western third parties, but I think it's also a case of games that perform well on, like, and I don't mean like financially perform well. I mean, like, like game performance, like frame rates, like how easy is this game to run? How well does it run on low-end hardware? Those are the kinds of games that I think are better fits for the Switch. Like Dragon Ball Fighters, you know, mm-hmm. is a game that runs really, really well on low-end PC hardware. And that's a game I think that could make a fabulous transition to Switch. It whereas would make a whole lot of sense, yeah. Whereas something like I don't, Street Fighter Five. I'm trying to think, or Injustice 2 or something that is more demanding, probably does not have those same kind of chances. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what to make of that in terms of third party support, because a a big part of what makes these games successful is how they look. And, you know, it, it kind of pains me to say that because, you know, I, I've always been a proponent of gameplay is more important than graphical fidelity, but at the end of the day. That's what gets the games off the shelves.
0: <laughs> the game has to work like, at the end of the day, right?
1: <laughs> right. And I feel like with game companies pushing graphics as far as they can go, as much as they are this generation, I don't know if every single third-party game is going to be a good fit. And I think we kind of saw a case study in that with uh, WWE 2K mm, this yes. last year. Yes. Like I, don't, like, I don't know if you saw any videos or footage of the Switch version of that game, but that game... It was very rough. They tied like the game logic to the frame rate, and the frame rate was terrible, and the, just, the <laughs> game just doesn't work yeah. on Switch.
0: That was criminal to ship and, it the way they did.
1: Right, and I'm worried that you have companies like Panic Button that are doing great work porting Doom and Rocket League and Wolfenstein 2 and all that. I'm more worried for like the WWE 2K18s of the world, where companies are going to see uh, an opportunity to do like a, a lazy switch port and then it's just not going to work well it's interesting so, you say
0: that because you know one of the headlines that came up this week was the idea of dark souls remastered originally going to launch alongside the pc ps4 xbox one ports on that may 25th date on switch and then they push it back and the rumor is that they you know they tied it to the uh, the whole sleep functionality of the switch because it has to be instantaneous uh, with when you're docking or putting it in handheld or all that and it may not work the same way it's hard to tell uh, you know, they didn't state specifically they could say it's oh we're working on polishing it more even though some people said that blight town was still looking good at pax east when they were demoing it on the floor um but yeah that's that's another indication of it it takes a special sort of nuance to get it going on switch where it has to be both console and handheld at the same time.
1: Right. And that's something that I was kind of curious about. Like I was always going to wonder how they were going to handle putting the console to sleep or situations where, you know, you need to get off the bus or, or put the game down and go do something. Cause that, that is something that might not translate well in a portable port of Dark Souls. Mm -hmm. But, but I will say it did make my heart sing, seeing blight town run at a smooth frame rate on the switch it is like nice, from yeah. mm-hmm. that i'm not too worried about but it's kind of getting around to my point that the switch is presenting like new challenges for game developers and i'm wondering how they're going to work those kinks out
0: yeah i mean when power isn't everything you know can they still make their game work and do they have to adjust it at all for that portable environment? Because you say, you know, pick up GTA V just if you have 10 minutes uh, on the go to spare. I mean, is that a game that can load up and, and work favorably? Uh, it, it'd be very interesting. Is there a certain game that you'd want to see that hasn't had oh. any rumors or anything associated with it, but you would want to see it on the Switch?
1: Oh, goodness. I don't know. I mean, I probably would have said Grand Theft Auto V if, if mm-hmm. it weren't just such a microtransaction mire at this point. <laughs> XCOM 2 maybe? Oh, interesting.
0: That that'd be something. I mean, especially with how well uh Mario and Rabbids did, that'd be certainly possible.
1: Yeah. Or um I don't know, Final Fantasy 15 maybe. But but again, Final Fantasy 15 would be very challenging to port because it's it's a demanding game.
0: Or it, do you get the console version or do you get the one that they're having like the low poly mobile version, like which is more ideal. I know they're they're looking over what they can do over at Square Enix. I mean, they want to milk that universe for as much as they can, for sure.
1: Right. And I think it really depends from game to game. Like, something like Doom 2016, as good as a fit it is for portables, I do need to play it at a f- high frame rate with a mouse and keyboard, because mm. otherwise I'm just going to be terrible. But something like Skyrim or Final Fantasy fifteen or Grand Theft Auto five or some other massive open world would be a much better fit. I think even if it's more demanding on switch hardware,
0: that's not very, very true. Great points. Well, DQP, I'm going to let you go there. Uh, we can find right. you on Twitter and YouTube at super DQP. Yep. And, uh, thanks so much for contributing. Really appreciate you coming
1: back. No problem. I'm, I'm glad we're back. I'm glad we're back in the game.
0: Terrific. Thanks so much. Take care joining us from north carolina demetrius welcome back to the power switch how are you
2: i am good and uh thank you very much i, I feel welcome got a lot of history with the power switch and show me your news Does and all
0: of that absolutely well yes yeah, good to have you back what would you like to talk about today
2: yeah so uh you brought up uh black ops 4 and how it might be dropping single player also you know, if i think that like in a vacuum just kind of sucks. Like uh, yes. it, it, I don't even understand why you would call it Black Ops 4. Like that that title is pointless because <laughs> I mean essentially Call of Duty's I'm not gonna say Call of Duty gameplay is exactly the same every time, but I'm gonna imply it strongly. It definitely because, has a feel to it, yeah. Yeah. You can call it any subtitle and it, it like people are gonna know what they're gonna get. Applying the Black Ops subtitle to it implies that you're continuing the Black Ops storyline yeah unless you intend to do one of those bs titanfall one esque, we're going to tell the story via online multiplayer mm. which didn't work
0: no it <laughs> d- definitely did not yeah
2: so why even give it that subtitle but beyond that like i think it's indicative of a larger issue in the in the so-called AAA games in this in that like outside of the console manufacturers themselves and how Microsoft doesn't exactly fit this definition at all. It's mainly Sony who have so much money mm-hmm. and own the platform so they can you know, get away with putting out a thing that is just purely designed to be a single player game that's as good as it can be. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, the AAA developers or publishers are just kind of looking at making money, cash it Biggest money making craze they can find. You know, I feel like some of those developers here, EAs and Activisions of the world, could probably afford to make a game that's like designed to be a great game rather mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. than like a high money earner. It's kind of like Entman's cake. Mm. Um, and that, you know, an Entman's cake is probably really good. Uh, and probably the first time you ate one, you'd be like, oh, man, this is really good. You only had to eat that every day. and That was the <laughs> only thing that anybody ever made. <laughs> like, it, it's it it's going to lose its luster. Right. Yeah, I and, think it
0: was uh, it was Jim Sterling who, who said that these kind of publishers, they don't want to just make money. They're not comfortable with only making money. They want to make all of the money. And, yeah. Uh, and yeah. we're seeing it with Activision where... You know, Activision Blizzard with with Overwatch kind of starting the whole loot boxes thing, and they're seeing how much revenue they're bringing in with loot boxes. Uh, like you, I am dismayed by this news. Of as a fan of single player games, I am dismayed by the fact that Treyarch had you know upwards of two years to work on a game, and according to these reports, they just realized that you know what, we're not going to be able to hit ship if we you know continue on this path, so let's bail, let's go to Raven Software, let's talk about doing Battle Royale because that's the hot thing that's making money. Let's try to catch on to that. Um, and you know, if if Call of Duty were just up front and saying, you know what, we want to become a games as a service platform and we want to be the Call of Duty platform that every year gets updated, I'd be okay with that messaging straight up because at least they're honest about it. We only want to make money like It isn't our big concern to deliver that narrative experience along with all the other modes that we have. If they want to just say, yeah, we have the platform, competitive, updated every once in a while, fine. But it's going to be interesting to see how they will market this message on May 17th if it does come to bear uh, because you're, you're going to have a lot of people that are going to see right through it.
2: Yeah, I, I guess it's important to say that this is just a rumor.
0: World- of course, so of course, yep. Mm-hmm.
2: If it ends up being false, then everyone. say goes out the window but i agree any gamer i guess anybody that like is real this industry is going to look at that and and see and smell the bs for what it is Mm -hmm. (laughs) you're not going to be that over people but thing is i think call of duty appeals to a wider market a very casual market kind of similar to but not exactly the same as titles where you know people buy systems just for that one game
0: yeah yeah it's, it's a very loyal market for sure
2: it's still gonna sell even if you know you look at it and you, at, at this point they're not even trying to hide their is avarice the right word they're looking yeah for? yeah the greed <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man i remember i felt condescending to when i kept hearing boots on the ground mm-hmm. at infinitum at mm-hmm. e3 yeah. like i don't think they could conduct an interview without saying same <laughs> boots on the ground <laughs> it's just at least twice per sentence like that that kind of sort of wooden marketing type thing like even then it had some semblance of at least you have like a campaign Right. <laughs> like, yeah at least it, it resembled like an attempt it wasn't really a good attempt, but it, it looked like one.
0: Sure. Well, it'll then, be very interesting to see with uh, with Battlefield Five. I mean, if that's going to be supposed to come this year. Battlefield V, however, they want to talk about it. But if it's rumored mm-hmm. to also be at World War Two, and mm-hmm. I would assume they'd have a campaign, uh, that could be an interesting mm-hmm. talking point of, among these two FPS competitors.
2: I would find that interesting, especially here. It's how EA is looking for some sort of battle royale thing as mm-hmm. well I, I bet they yeah. are yep yeah and i imagine ea in their attempts to seem like they're for the gamer They're but in their attempts to look like they're not going to forsake the campaign for the sake of having a battle royale or you know or i guess the other way you look at it is well activision didn't think they'll have time to finish the game rather than considering a delay, mm-hmm. um, just dropping a mode. Yeah, make sure that it's done. Well, I mean, I'll probably just ship it straight up. unfinished if they finish it. But
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, did they learn from Battlefront two at all?
2: They learned something. I, um, Just like to touch on that. Really, they learned something like at some point you just can't push the envelope too far. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think they've become a pro-consumer company or something like that or that they're looking out for us anyway. But um, they, they've they learned that like, if we just try and just throw uncapped monetization into everything, it's not going to work. Like you said, um, I think uh, Jim Sterling said it. And I've heard Young, yeah, say it. Mm-hmm. But a couple of other folks, you know, YouTube reported this. You know, they just, the companies are just looking for, like, there's no such thing as a, money as long as people in the world still have money then there's more money <laughs> like, mm-hmm. that mindset is exclusive to making good games and I don't think any of these AAA developers have that mindset but I think they can at least make an attempt like I think even if their intentions are to get as much money out of us as they can they can try to do that the Nintendo slash way which is well, let's just make the best game yeah, like they got the resources to do it, and and how you could do something like make a really great mechanically sound, you know, engaging game, and sneak some micro on in there, and then it's you're gonna, as long as you don't like progression system with it or something like that, you're gonna you're gonna catch a lot of people off guard.
0: Yeah, I think it'll be very interesting to see, you know, works because the big. Game released this week, of course, is God of War on PS4, an exclusively single-player game with no microtransactions, anything added onto that. Now, granted, they've been working on that game for five years. And it's kind of a special case where Sony Santa Monica had that one game. It was supposed to be like a new IP about like space, you know, some sort of travel. And then that got scrapped. So there's a whole story that goes with that, but we'll see how well it sells if the industry catches on. And that's, you know, a first party. Uh, but when you have these third-party publishers that want to hit every platform that they possibly could, and they have these you know these shareholders to be beholden to, uh, it's something to keep an eye on. And you know, getting back to your point, Call of Duty Black Ops Four ridiculous subtitle of the four initials aside, uh, <laughs> if that ends up being the case where they don't have a campaign, are they upfront about it, saying that like guys, we we couldn't hit it? Or they're just going to say, you know what, it's it's going to be our new way going forward and we're going to change the game. And then they're going to have that puffed out chest and try Mm -hmm. to be all, you know, bravado about it. And Mm -hmm. that's going to be definitely one thing to keep an eye on before and during E3.
2: For sure. I'm actually excited to see it. dreading kind of way
0: (laughs) yes is it going to be something for the game industry as a whole well demetrius thanks so much for calling in we can find you on twitter at d underscore damon d-a-m-o-n really appreciate you calling in good to be back here on the
2: power switch really appreciate being
0: all right guys thanks for calling in when we come back talk about what i've been playing recently we'll just catch up a little bit there some quick hits and then also games that are coming out this coming week. That's all when we come back here on The Power Switch. Welcome back to The Power Switch. This week's tempo control music is brought to you by Night in the Woods. You can find a new Video Game Music Top 10 list from a specific game soundtrack every Tuesday over at youtube.com slash Asia. Let's catch up a little bit with what I've been playing recently. I've been uh, either just finished or am in the middle of three games. Uh, Let's start with Batman The Enemy Within. This is the season two of Telltale's Batman series. Uh, Really, really underrated. Uh, I was talking to DQP actually before he called in and how he had just finished playing the game as well and it's... It's surprisingly really good. If you like Telltale games, if you like Batman, and if you haven't gotten to those two seasons, highly recommend it. Uh, this season, it's you know no surprise to the marketing that it's all about the, the birth in a way of Telltale's version of telling the Joker uh, origin story. And it's really interesting how well that is done. The last episode, it, there's two entirely different finales. Uh, you have the vigilante or you have the villain Joker based on the choices that you make as Bruce Wayne and Batman throughout that second season. Super cool. Recommend checking out. It's a great, great cast. Even just starting out where uh, there's a villain in episode one of season two. And it's Robin Atkin Downs, who is you know, the voice of, uh, of Kaz in Metal Gear Solid Five. You can you can totally hear it. It's like, oh, that is it's really cool. Uh, So definitely check that out if you're a fan of either Telltale Games or Batman. You want to see something new done with the Batman mythos. Night in the Woods, I finally got around to. I know we were talking about that as a possible indie game of 2017. Uh, You know, when we started the show last year, finally got around to it. I I really liked it overall. I think the ending was a little rushed and, you know, it just really moved very quickly. Uh, They could have done some more time developing what was actually happening uh, as opposed to the the long buildup of the ghost story and everything like that. But the art style is super charming. I really am enjoying and just digging the soundtrack, as you can tell, you know, for the other show I'm doing on rhymeswithage.com. Um, I think the biggest thing, though, is the writing. And for someone who never really got to the whole, like, feeling stuck, like I've I've been really fortunate with, you know, getting a a good career and things like that Um, and being able to move into my own place and things like that. I've been very lucky in that regard, but a lot of those scenes, it just, it it hurt to read just to kind of try to empathize with that perspective. And you can tell that there's, there's a lot of pain behind that writing and a lot of realism in a sense. Uh, You know, just that's, that felt like the most real part and the the characters are well-written and you can, Definitely get a good sense of those character interactions. Uh, I went with the B route. Uh, you know, got her ending. Uh, that was a uh, between May and B. That was a really sweet. You know, some some tough moments in that friendship, but overall a good resolution. I really appreciated that. But man, I mean, some of those conversations, like between May and the mom, or you know, like with B, those those were tough tough conversation so i really commend that game um for you know, whether you play it on pc through a, a steam link uh, like i did or if get it on switch i'm sure it runs great on that there are a couple also surprises as far as gameplay styles with that too so definitely check out night in the woods and then i'm only a couple hours in god of war um man that was a game where like i know it was going to be a big release uh for for ps4 this year and it's a a strong first-party contender Uh, but it wasn't totally on my radar like yeah maybe i'll rent it and i'll and then the reviews came in and when you start throwing around words like game of the generation best game on ps4 um it's that whole uh django unchained quote of you know you had my curiosity but now you have my attention uh so pre-ordered that only yeah really only two hours into it but i'm really enjoying what i'm playing so far the whole idea of the single camera cinematic and just unbreakable constant all in engine it's gorgeous that first boss fight you know is is great and then they throw another boss fight at you that is oh just spectacular uh it's it's really a whole lot of fun so far I'm having a great, great time with it, Uh, and I cannot wait to put more hours into it, but I'm playing that along with my wife, so it's not like I can say in the middle of the night if I can't sleep, I can just put in a few hours here and there, so get ready for me to talk about God of War in little chunks here and there, and hope it doesn't get spoiled for me on the internet. I think that's going to be the big challenge there. So game releases this coming week. Let's start on Tuesday, April 24th. You have Gal Gun 2 coming to PS4 and Switch you get the port of South Park, the Fractured But Whole, coming to Switch. Wednesday, April 25th, you have Harry Potter Hogwarts Mystery coming to iOS and Android. Uh, this has been pitching itself as a Harry Potter story game where you get to pick your sorting house and you get to have your own Hogwarts adventure. I think that is a uh, super Interesting to see how it does. It's not something I'm going to buy, but just something to keep an eye on. Like, that's happening on the mobile game front this week. A Harry Potter adventure game on iOS and Android. And then Thursday, April 26th, you get the Naruto Shippuden Ultimate Ninja Storm Trilogy coming to Switch. So those games kind of being ported over. Another example of, yeah, for Bandai Namco uh, to bring Switch games that make sense over there. And if they're doing that, that game, I mean you got to bring Dragon Ball Fighters over eventually. So maybe that's an E3 announcement there. Those are some of the notable game releases coming out. Of course, there are more. So go find your favorite release game list if you want more information there. But those are going to be some of the the movers and shakers this week. I don't know if it can get bigger than, you know, God of War and then Nintendo Labo, which gosh, we didn't even mention uh, just yesterday after our recording here. Those are the big ones this past week. But those are some of the notable ones this coming week. And that'll do it for this episode of The Power Switch. We are hosted by RhymesWithAsia.com and we're on YouTube and Twitch at RhymesWithAsia. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at the ThePowerSwitch. I personally am on Twitter at Speakeasy. You can email us any questions, concerns, comments, or opportunities at powerswitchpod at gmail.com. And you can subscribe to The Power Switch on podcast services such as Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher. If you could be so kind as to leave a review, that would really help as well. But most importantly, to participate in future episodes, you should join our community on Discord by visiting com slash call. It's a small but growing community, so now is the perfect time to have your voice heard on this podcast. If you want a YouTube video to watch, just to wrap things up, let's stick with God of War. Uh, go watch director Cory Barlog's review reaction. Uh, it was an interesting thing that he did where... He just turned on his webcam right before the review embargo lifted and he went to Metacritic and just to see his reaction to... It was originally a 93 that when he first saw it hit on Metacritic. While he was reacting, it went up to a 94. Since then, it's a 95 on Metacritic. And my gosh, if you told me that that would, game would be a contender for the highest Metacritic rating of the year, I'd. that would be surprising. I'm sure, you know, Red Dead Redemption 2 later in the year, but yeah, to I mean, just to see his emotional reaction that, you know, game developers are humans too. Uh, years and years of work going into it and to see that be validated, uh, that's a really cool video. So I'll put that in the show notes there. So yeah, next week, at least, you know, going to try to be recording on Saturdays, but I have a Bachelor party to go to for the first time as you know someone else. I'm standing up in a a wedding for the first time and someone's wedding party. Uh, that's gonna be weird. Like yeah, I, for my wedding we just had like a gathering with friends and it wasn't the oh bachelor party sort of thing. But that's mid afternoon, so I'm thinking noon Eastern time for next Saturday. If anything happens during the week, you know just keep tabs on a uh, on Discord and all of that will let you know if we're doing a recording then for any major breaking news so yes stay tuned to that discord channel as everything develops and regardless whether it's live or on your own time i look forward to you joining us for our next episode with that i am peter Spasia. until next time switch up call in game on